Welcome to Gabby, the marriage and family podcast where it will be okay. We are your hosts, marriage counselors Terrell and Tanisha Pugh. We are a family of nine who, after the death of our daughter, learned that life was going to be okay. And now we help other families in distress realize the same. Are you ready to heal? and learn that your marriage and family will be okay. Well, let's get started. Hello, this is Terrell Pugh, and thank you so much for listening to the Gabby Podcast. How would you like to do what you love, working with couples as a marriage coach or with individuals and families as a Christian counselor? Well, we can help you over at TNTPUGH. That's TNTPew.com. Hey, we'd love to help you get started today again working as a marriage coach or a Christian counselor. Head over to TNTPew.com. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Gabby Podcast. I'm your host, Tanisha Pugh, joined by my partner, my lover, my man of God. (laughs) Terrell Pugh. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't say friend. I'm also your friend. Yes, my very best your friend. Yes, very best friend. Aww, I love you. <laughs> um, but welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Um, this episode will be sort of a continuation of the episode we started last week mm-hmm. where we talked about um, trauma and uh, how trauma is experienced by individuals in marriage and mm. how trauma can impact families. Mm. All right, we talked about financial trauma, and maybe that's something we should extend also. Um, yeah, because yeah. I know we didn't talk in great detail. It was just sort of an introduction yeah. to trauma. This is in a prior podcast mm-hmm. um, where we just introduced what trauma is. Yes. And so today we'll speak a lot more in depth specifically about infidelity because infidelity is also a traumatic experience correct Um, and we'll approach this in a somewhat of a a structured way (laughs) first Mm -hmm. we'll talk about what exactly is infidelity right what is it and then we'll talk a little bit about how it impacts uh, Mm -hmm. a married couple Mm -hmm. the injured spouse as well as the participating spouse Mm -hmm. Uh, participating spouse meaning the spouse who committed the infidelity that's right Mm -hmm. and then we'll talk a little bit about the um uh, the healing, rebuilding that takes place yes. when infidelity does happen. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Because couples can survive infidelity. That's right. Um, and while that isn't something anyone want to enter their marriage um, considering, mm-hmm. um, it, it is important to know that you can survive it should you encounter that um, uh, uneventful occurrence. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So let's 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 go ahead and desirable occurrence. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and kick this off. I'm, yes. going, I'm going to punt you the ball. OK. OK. And I want you to go ahead and um, score the touchdown here. No, <laughs> but but no. Yes. Kick this off for us. So what is infidelity? What's infidelity? All right. Well, infidelity is any breach of um, uh, uh, your 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 relationship trust, any violation of um uh, faithfulness. I like to think of it as an individual who is committed uh, in a committed relationship, inviting another person into an intimate space that belongs to the one they've committed to. Uh, mm. I know that sounds like kind of a go along. No, <laughs> definition, no, I think that's I think that's perfect when mm-hmm. you say it's the sort of an inviting someone mm-hmm. outside of that committed relationship mm-hmm. into the intimate place. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Because 
another word for infidelity is betrayal. Yeah. That sort of the emotional experience that that is had mm-hmm. betrayal. Mm-hmm. You know, I sort of think of it like this, you know, if if I'm if I'm in my bedroom, mm-hmm. okay, one of the most intimate of places, <laughs> one of the most <laughs> intimate of places, um, and I expect to see my wife there, mm-hmm. but I see, my, you know, my wife and then, of course, me, but I see someone else in my bedroom, mm. I'm going to feel betrayed. I'm going to feel as if there's been a breach in something. That a violation. A violation. Yeah. What was supposed to be protected mm-hmm. has been violated and, um, yeah, just betrayed That's by right. it would be you but i know you want to do that mm-hmm. right no. oh absolutely not <laughs> no but um, yes 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 oh yes. no you satisfy I'm, I'm, every part of me my love oh. um <laughs> and we'll talk about that too right in terms of why people do this yes because yeah. that's important uh and so i like that definition of um infidelity because it covers every area yes. um some individual may consider well you know the age-old bill clinton didn't have sex with her. Um, so is it really adultery? Is it really mm. infidelity? Mm. Well, it is. You invited someone into a sacred space that belonged to your spouse. Mm. Um, them having access to your your body, your intimate parts of your body, um, is a violation because that belongs to your spouse. You know, um, the marriage relationship, I like to think of as um, a very e- exclusive and you have um, it's a privileged relationship. Yes. And um, and so this right here is privilege between yourself and I. Mm. Um, if I allow someone else to share in that privilege, that's a violation. That is no it, this is no longer exclusive between you and I. That's true. Right? Now there's other people that get to partake in that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so let me ask, you know, as you're talking about this, you're mm-hmm. you're mentioning um, so it's just not sex That's that right. infidelity is. No, okay. sir. So mm-hmm. what are some other things that can be considered infidelity? And and, and as we're talking about infidelity now, mm-hmm. we are restricting that our podcast today to sort of the um, intimate um, sexual, non-sexual definitions of infidelity. And I say that because there can also be financial infidelity. But yes. we, we are not necessarily speaking about that today. That's right. We're just speaking about that um, relational mm-hmm. aspect of infidelity. But yeah, so, That's right. so non-sexual, what's some non-sexual acts hmm. of infidelity? So I take it back to the scripture. Um, and yes, we still live by the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's very much relevant, yeah, very right. much we- practical. Um, it says, if you look upon a man or a woman to lust after her, you've already committed infidelity or adultery in your heart. Mm. Um, and I hold myself to that standard. If I'm looking at another person to lust after them, uh, that's where it starts, right? Mm-hmm. So what we we then will call infidelity um, just in the practical sense of it and 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 by that in no way am I taking or minimizing what the scriptures say yes. um, but some individuals will think that engaging in conversation um, that is that's secretive mm. with another with a member of the opposite sex and then of course in the world we're living today it could be a member of the same sex yeah, right so let's true. let's make sure that we're broadening our understanding here of this yeah. um, and let me mm-hmm. say this also so, Even when we're talking about uh, members of the same sex or even opposite sex, um, you know, adultery, Mm -hmm. we understand that sometimes is linked to 
an intimate relationship with someone else other than your spouse, Correct. right? Whether it's sexual, whether it's through text, whether whatever that interaction is. Yes. But when we think about the word uh, betrayal, mm -hmm. you can experience betrayal. You don't necessarily have to have committed adultery, but you can experience betrayal mm -hmm. by your spouse when your spouse engages in a relationship, maybe with a family member. Right. Mm. So let's say, for example, they're mm. sharing intimate details or just uh, confiding in a friend or mm -hmm. a family member that can produce a sense of betrayal. My goodness. Now, that may not cross the line into infidelity. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're talking about. But I think that's also important to mention yes. that those pieces of the relationship should stay within the relationship, those yeah. intimate parts of the relationship so that betrayal yeah. isn't experienced. That's right. Um, that's but right. just wanted to mention that as we're talking about this, yes, this topic. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So to tie in, and I think that's so important, betrayal and infidelity, two, two different things. They're kind of connected, but they, they, they're so deep. Mm -hmm. um, but to tie back in the scripture, looking upon an, a man to lust after him or her, mm -hmm. um, you've co co committed infidelity in the heart. So if I'm engaging with another person, mm -hmm. uh, be it male, be it female, um, well, because I know that I'm um, heterosexual, so say it's a male, yes, um, and I start to, um, one, I start to keep that relationship or convert those conversations secret from you, and I'm not sharing that with you, um, and I find that I'm starting to look at them in, an, in a way that is, I'm, I'm admiring them mm -hmm. in a way that I would admire you but mm -hmm. it's more intimate yeah um that would align with the scripture yeah absolutely. i'm looking at a person too uh and lusting after them uh and therefore i'm committing adultery yeah infidelity is That's happening right. mm -hmm. so there is emotional infidelity mm -hmm. there is sexual infidelity mm. and to be quite honest nowadays we may have some spiritual infidelity going on mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can think of this for those that are not necessarily able to draw the connection or fully grasp the concept of spiritual infidelity. Hmm. Um, think of it as a type of um, as a type of emotional infidelity where you're allowing someone else into a very sacred space in your thinking, in your feeling. Um, it may even extend to now you may be having dreams about that person, mm -hmm. right? Um, or you and not just dreams when you're sleeping, but even daydreaming, mm -hmm. you know, because um, our mind is always going. You may find yourself thinking, you know, let me pick this up for that person. Let me uh, mm -hmm. buy this for that person. And mm -hmm. so that's how you know that the person has now become a preoccupation in your thinking. Yeah. And that can indicate uh, a spiritual bond that has been formed that should not be there that's if right. it's not your spouse that's right let me ask you a question and this is just a random thought as we're talking through this what about instances where um you have maybe um uh, a, a male pastor um who was perhaps um uh the shepherd mm -hmm. or head over um a woman young woman who now weds mm -hmm. but that woman has this sense of allegiance that she still gives um, to mm. this male pastor. So there's a level of preference, yeah. reverence, uh, not just as my leader, but you know, it, it starts to cross lines where um, the pastor's word 
is more authoritative yeah. than that the word of my husband. So is I'll that a form of infidelity? So I'll say this. That goes back to what I was saying earlier with betrayal. So mm. that may not be infidelity in the, in the um, definitive sense, mm-hmm. but it is still a crossing of a line. Mm-hmm. It's now that person, that individual, has given over her affections that should be for her husband to another man and i I know you asked that question from a female perspective if you know if a female does that you know male pastor Mm -hmm. because we see that happen a lot in in that dynamic yeah does that mean that can't happen in a dynamic where there's a a husband who you know gives his affections Um, i will say this in in that dynamic we see that more with a husband giving the affections of his wife to maybe his mother or to a sister yeah. Um, or maybe to a longtime best friend. Mm-hmm. So it happens in both male and female relationships. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the excuse is, you know, this relationship preexisted the marriage or mm-hmm. this person holds a special place in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality of it is uh, there are certain affections and certain behaviors and thoughts and emotions that are reserved for a husband and wife. And if That's they're good. given to someone else, mm. That's a boundary that's been crossed, mm-hmm. and now you're in the territory of betrayal. My goodness. Wow. So, wow. Um, so again, that's, while it's not full, yeah. definitive infidelity, mm-hmm. it still should not be happening. That's right. You know, that's right. Know, that's you know. powerful, Pastor Team. I have to call you Pastor when you start preaching now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's good. So yeah. kind of bringing it back. So that's what infidelity is. Yes, that's um, okay. Just okay. a little bit of what that is. Right. Uh, and of course, as you can see, we can um, we, we can have the whole yeah, book. Yeah, we can on go on, on is, forever right? for this. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll say this also one last one last um, sure sort of mentioning mm-hmm. <laughs> in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this can happen in any the betrayal that is can happen in any relationship. This can even happen in a corporate setting. Mm. where you are at work and perhaps um, mm-hmm. your husband or wife, um, mm-hmm. you're starting to give what you should give to them, but mm-hmm. maybe you're giving it to a partner or to a manager mm. um, or to someone else who is, who's at work. Mm. Um, sometimes we see that happen with um, women who desire a more ambitious husband. Mm. They may give that to um, someone at work. Mm. Um, sometimes we see that um, even in men, where a man may desire a more ambitious wife, wife yeah. and start to give that to someone at work, so mm-hmm. it happens in all settings. You and know, by not giving just that, you're referring to an admiration to right. maybe someone who um, fit the role of something they exactly to see in all their of spouse. the elements that should, yeah. you know, not mm-hmm. just admiration, but that's one of them for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, so going back to mm-hmm. infidelity, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to mention a couple of things, and we'll, we'll sort of chop this up here. Okay. Um, you know, why, why commit, why do people commit infidelity? You know, I can answer that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Right. And I'll say this people, you know, more men do commit infidelity than women. Mm -hmm. Statistically speaking, I will say that, um, you know, also we see that infidelity, um, it does happen at fairly similar rates Mm -hmm. despite, you being married or not married. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens at a similar rate. There are some differences there. Um, also between um, races, so mm-hmm. black, white, Hispanic, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. there are some slight variations, but all of the numbers, all of the, the, the data is very close. Okay. Um, and when you say at, diff- at similar rates, are you referring to 
um, for both men and women, or um, well, mm -hmm. for yeah, for both men and women, right? I see. So overall, I see. the greatest, the only data point that we can really say, okay, wow, here's a here's a big difference, yeah. is between men and women. Gotcha. Not between racial differences, uh, not I between social economic class. Gotcha. Rich people cheat just as much as poor people cheat. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, the biggest difference again is between men and women. I see. Mm -hmm. I see. And I find it interesting. Um, it appears. So there was a study some years ago. I'm sure there's probably a new one now. Mm -hmm. um, but and I know which study you're going to mention. And it's actually still the same. It is still the same. Still interesting. The same. Okay, good. Um, so a study was done to um, assess the level of impact on either male or female uh, or and men and women um, uh, from infidelity. So the um, I guess the um, the question was, is it more impactful for a man when his wife has committed sexual infidelity or emotional infidelity? And then the reverse for the woman. Is it more impactful for a woman when her husband has committed sexual infidelity or emotional? Um, and the, um, as part of the study, what they, what they use to kind of test this uh, theory or hypothesis is uh, they would have um, men, uh, husbands, um, maybe look at images of their wives um, committing in the act of infidelity or present uh, the, these husbands with the actual physical act. Um, and then they'll do the same thing with the emotional piece. Say they, they you know, um, their wives are really involved in an emotional um, uh, relationship with someone else. The finding was pretty interesting. It was that um, for men, they were greatly impacted by the images of their wives having physical or sexual in, in, um, intimacy with another man. Um, they were very bothered by that. It was very hard for them to move um, beyond mm -hmm. that, that yeah. fact. And then for the women... Um, they were more bothered. Uh, the, the sexual infidelity was troubling, but they were able to move beyond that. Mm -hmm. It's the emotional infidelity that really kept them stuck. Yeah. It was really difficult for women to overcome yeah. their yeah. husbands having emotional uh, and, and so I think this also explains uh, sometimes men will engage in infidelity, um, sexual or not, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then use the, and then say, well, you know, we we didn't have sex. Yeah, we didn't have sex. Mm -hmm. um, if it's just texting, if it's oral sex, they'll mm -hmm. say, "Well, we didn't have sex," because their thinking is, you know, my worst nightmare is my wife being with another man sexually. So they assume mm -hmm. that that has the same level of impact. Yeah, but it's not. It's the emotional infidelity. Mm. Now, look, this doesn't mean okay. Well, I'll have sex instead. No, not at all. Right. You don't do either. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does explain why men tend to think that non-sexual infidelity is a better choice. Yeah. It's not a better None choice. Of it's good, None of guys. it's good. That's right. None of it's good. Um, I'll say this. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of times, also, what happens in um, to to also give some insight into why people commit infidelity. Yeah. I will say this. 99.9% .9 of the time, it is not the injured spouse has anything to do with the injured spouse. And what I mean by that is it, it doesn't have to do with how the spouse looks or how the spouse performs. Most cases of infidelity, the um, person, the lover um, tends to be 
maybe has been reported to be less attractive or less um, ambitious or, or whatever those qualities are than the actual spouse. Mm-hmm. And the problem typically lies with the individual. It's yeah. usually an internal problem. And so what happens, though, is especially when individuals come to counseling, mm-hmm. um, a cognitive um, a cognitive error they begin to engage in. Mm-hmm. And that's called the, um, the streetlight effect. Mm-hmm. And what the streetlight effect is, mm-hmm. um, it goes like this, and it's like a little story, mm-hmm. but I'll tell it quickly. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, the streetlight effect is essentially there was a drunk man Okay. There's a drunk man. He's out. He's stumbling around and he drops his keys. Hmm. And as he drops his keys, he begins searching for his keys. But he looks for his keys where the street light is shining. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of darkness, but he looks for his keys only where the light is shining because that's the only place he's able to see. Mm-hmm. And so what that cognitive or what the fallacy in of it that is there's a whole area of darkness mm. that is still there that his keys are more likely to have fallen into. Yeah. And the only reason he's looking in the light is because that's where the light is shining. Right. And so what happens is when individuals are asked, well, why did you do it? Mm. What they're going to do is they're going to engage in a streetlight fallacy and say, well, I have problems in my marriage mm-hmm. because that's where the light is shining. That's right. right. Not realizing it's probably most of the time internal Mm. it's not where the light is shining not to Mm. say that there aren't any problems that can be fixed that's right that's right but nine times out of ten there it's it's because of an internal issue that's right that's right and that goes back to also um you know when couples come in and they're reporting infidelity we often say okay so that's that's the smoke right mm-hmm. um that's just a symptom of something greater something yeah. else that exists and we need to figure out what that is yeah. and we have to go looking in those dark spaces yeah because uh, oftentimes that's where it is it's in those dark spaces um and like you said not that the problems in the marriage don't need to be addressed mm-hmm. um but it's an easy scapegoat. It is an easy scapegoat. Yeah. And I'll say this research also shows us um, sort of the personality type that is more likely to engage in infidelity mm-hmm. um, and the personality type that um, that typically does admit to infidelity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll say this. Mm-hmm. It, it's usually individuals with an anxious attachment style. And so what an anxious attachment style is, it it Mm -hmm. comes from this idea um, or this theory called attachment, attachment theory. And it pulls on research and Mm -hmm. observations of how children Mm -hmm. originally in their childhood attach to their caregivers, Mm -hmm. you know, and sort of the relationship that they had Mm -hmm. with their mother, their father, grandmother, whomever raised them. Okay. And so an anxious attachment Mm -hmm. is someone who is um, has had an. Um, abandoned has been abandoned Mm -hmm. by their caregivers Mm -hmm. Um, it could be someone who has um, sort of an insecurity Mm -hmm. about that relationship you know they're not sure if they're loved they're Mm -hmm. not sure um, if they're doing a good job and so what happens with an anxious attachment style Mm -hmm. you'll see those individuals they'll they have poor um, uh, poor communication skills Mm -hmm. they have um approval seeking behaviors yes okay they um they also have this need for attention and a lot of love as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of that that happens Mm -hmm. Um, they also have poor boundaries 
Yes. Interestingly enough, yes. people who have an anxious attachment style have poor boundaries. Mm. And the reason why they have poor boundaries is because they do desire a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're they're not completely secure with their spouse, mm -hmm. not because anything the spouse is doing. That's right. But because of the insecurities that exist within, within them. Themselves, yes. So what they will do then is they will seek other relationships to receive to validation. Yes. And that will that's engaging in poor boundaries. That's right. And so one thing leads to the next mm -hmm. and then they're more likely to find themselves wow. in an adulterous relationship. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of um, individuals who may exhibit symptoms of narcissism um, and you may wonder well a narcissist is overly confident they have no issues <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but truly um, uh, a narcissist at, at their core is deeply insecure yeah deeply insecure and so um, what you may see as someone who's very confident you some people may even say they're beautiful you know um, and and they're with someone who's already beautiful yeah. um, and you may ask the question why would they cheat yeah. you know they have such a perfect setup why would they do it um, and that's because again it goes back to that deep insecurity that exists within yes. that individual and I'll say this narcissism is not necessarily a disorder or a, a problem of uh, confidence it is it's a problem of esteem that's right that's at the root at the root of every narcissist is low self-esteem and so what they do in order to have confidence they lower the esteem of everyone around, around them, them mm -hmm. which by default causes their esteem to rise. That's right. And so in a relationship, if they're engaging in infidelity, mm -hmm. infidelity has a negative impact on the injured person by mm -hmm. impacting their esteem. Mm -hmm. And so once that esteem has been impacted, mm -hmm. the narcissist then feels um more, elevated right more yeah. elevated mm -hmm. yeah wow. um but that's another topic right indeed indeed <laughs> boy we can we can really talk chop this thing yes, up yes, um, yes. so mm -hmm. kind of refocusing it back to trauma yes. right because um i know that's what we set out to do we may just have to keep keep the series going yeah i know, I know. Um, and and for the record i will say Mm -hmm. to, to bring it back to trauma, you know, mm -hmm. there is an official term when you are impacted by infidelity in a traumatic way. Okay, um, tell it's, us. It's uh, post-infidelity stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And that's not an official diagnosis, like you're not going to go to a, a psychiatrist, psychologist, So it's counselor. not official like PTSD. Right. But it is, okay, but it is a thing. It is a thing. It is in a literature. Research-based. Uh, Research-based, well. mm -hmm. right. Um, mm -hmm. Post-infidelity disorder. Yeah. And yeah. it's similar to that term PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder that's right because it has the same exact symptoms yes yes so let's talk about some of those symptoms yeah so um, some of the symptoms that we've seen um, is of course that crushed um, uh, sense of who you are your mm. your whole you know you just you, you're now someone who used to be very confident um, very secure in their identity is now questioning themselves. Yes. Um, and so they that that's one of those one of the symptoms and one of the effects of the trauma mm. um, from an, inf an infidelity. You grow very untrusting, yes. cynical, right? Mm. Um, you no longer believe. Uh, you you question things. Yes. Um, you know, uh, and and it doesn't just rest with your spouse. You now start to apply that to other people. Yes. <clears throat> yes. And I will say this. 
to so to that to what you're saying that questioning mm -hmm. that's the intrusive thoughts mm -hmm. right that's the intrusive thinking mm -hmm. because you don't want to question it mm -hmm. but what happens you get flooded mm -hmm. right you get flooded with thoughts of um could be anything right mm -hmm. it could be the actual event it mm -hmm. could be where is where is my spouse mm -hmm. it could be um you know did i do anything is it my fault it could mm -hmm. be an array of thoughts mm -hmm. uh, but it's a lot of questioning yeah and the questioning increases when there are holes mm -hmm. right so yes that's part of the healing we'll talk about that in a moment but where there's gray area or black and white mm -hmm. the mind seeks to fill it in fill it in yeah and that's one of the things that we often encourage couples to do mm -hmm. um, as early as you can. And this you have to really um, uh, move forward wisely in this area because there are certain personality types for injured, if you're the injured spouse, where this can be damaging. Yes. Um, but it's important to talk about what has happened. Yes. Um, but for that a certain personality type where it could be damaging, um, it may not be necessary to know the details of the infidelity. Um, you don't need to know uh, how many times your spouse has had sex with the person. You don't need to know where they were. How You don't need to know all of those details mm. um, as that can result in later flooding. Um, and then you can get stuck with intrusive, think intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, however... You know, things like, did you buy them gifts? Um, things like, you know, where did, how did this start? Um, you know, you do need to have those answers yeah, where yeah. you can provide them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. there, there, there are going to be sort of common sense questions that you want to go through. If you had yes. sex, mm -hmm. um, you know, you may have to take an STD um, test, right? Exactly. An STI test. Mm -hmm. um, and then other common things. Did you bring them to the house, right? Mm, Were the yes. children exposed? Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that yes. you still have to go yes. through. And those are difficult questions. Yes. And they can be, the responses can be traumatic depending on be. what they are. Because just imagine, you know, someone, again, violation. You've exposed my family. You've mm -hmm. um, brought someone into our home, our sacred space, yes. right? Um, so that can be very traumatic. Uh, mm. And sometimes people don't realize it. The participating spouse oftentimes don't realize the level of impact their choice of infidelity has on not just their spouse, but even themselves. That's right. And of course, if there are children involved, the children as well. Yeah. Um, and then it also affects outside family members That's so right. um, your families of origin you know if the parents now find out or mm -hmm. even the friends the best friends you know it just makes things weird for everybody <laughs> it does that's a good way to put it it makes things weird you you have to go sometimes through a, a, this restructuring yeah. of, of everything and i will say this with children um Sometimes mm -hmm. it causes children to question their their reality yeah. of what they feel is safe. Yeah. Um, infidelity can actually contribute to an um, an anxious attachment style in a child in a child, mm -hmm. uh, which is why it may later on in life cause perpetuation of mm -hmm. of that behavior. Of that behavior. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. If there's children uh, as a result of the adultery, mm -hmm. right, that can impact the child's. Um, understanding of their birth order mm -hmm. and birth order plays a huge role in the psychological well-being of a child so mm -hmm. that I mean th there's there's tons of ways in which this impacts immediately yeah. and then later in life as well that's right that's uh, right some other ways that mm -hmm. um, 
infidelity impacts mm-hmm. a, a marriage, mm-hmm. a, an individual, is you'll start to see your spouse um, avoid. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll start to see them avoid you. So that's a symptom of the trauma. And that's a symptom of the trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because it may just be too painful to confront uh, mm-hmm. what's happened. Um, so avoidance is a big symptom yeah. of the post-infidelity. Uh, mm-hmm. Hyper arousal, mm-hmm. right, where they're yes. aroused easily. And they're uh, hypersensitive to that's things. That's right. That's right. And it could be um, now, um, you know, you may your best friend may start to make reports of, yeah, you know, Johnny, he's traveling for business, um, and the injured spouse, who is that best friend's friend, may say, "Oh, you sure he's traveling for business? I don't know about that, girl. You need to check that. You need to call him and see where he's at. Do you know what <laughs> hotel he's staying in? Yeah. Uh huh. How often does he travel? So you yes. become hyper aware and hypersensitive to different situations around you. That is a tra- a symptom of trauma. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. And hyper arousal also relates to the inability to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're hyper aroused, your mind is just going it's and racing. going and going. Mm-hmm. And so you can't sleep because mm-hmm. of the arousal mm-hmm. state that you're in. Mm-hmm. And we're not just talking about a cognitive state. I mean, it is a cognitive state, but mm-hmm. biologically speaking, um, infidelity causes uh, adrenaline also to mm-hmm. be released in your body. So you're physically unable to, to sleep because of hormones you have, adrenaline or cortisol mm-hmm. that is just in you. And cortisone is the stress hormone. And mm-hmm. so. I mean, you're just all messed up. (laughs) Kind of like a constant um, fight or flight. Yes. You're you're in the fight mode. Yes, Mm -hmm. precisely, Mm. precisely. Um, It also changes rapid changes in, uh, it causes rapid changes in mood Mm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one minute you think everything is fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're healing from this. Mm -hmm. But then the next moment it could be the avoidance. I don't want to be near you. Get away from me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. So um, can Mm -hmm. a person who is exhibiting all of these symptoms Mm -hmm. recover? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can recover. If you've gone through this, you can recover. Um, Mm -hmm. Both spouses, whether you're the injured spouse or you're the participating spouse. If you are the participating spouse, meaning you are the one who did this, right, that committed the infidelity, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you this biggest piece of information, the biggest, most helpful piece of information yes. that I, I, I think is <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to be open. You have to be open. You cannot be defensive. You cannot hide information. Mm-hmm. You cannot give information in bits and pieces. You cannot defend yourself. You cannot give rationalizations. You cannot do Uh, blaming you cannot do any of those things because any of those things will further injure your spouse even more yeah if it's been six months if it's been a year Mm -hmm. and your spouse is still hurting and you become frustrated your frustration in that moment will further injure your spouse yes again this is a traumatic experience yes if a soldier came back from war and it's been it's been six months to a year and their mood just is still off, Mm -hmm. you won't question them. You won't say, you know, you need to get your mood right. I don't know what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You'll still maintain compassion. So if you are the participating spouse, you must remain compassionate 
to your spouse that's right. if you hope to get through this. That's right. And that's so important. And then the, on the other side of that, um, this is important for the injured spouse. Um, you know, if you're someone who have experienced uh, infidelity where your spouse cheated on you, your hurt can actually lead to hurt for them as well. The way that you walk and, out your healing. And really quickly, mm-hmm. and that can be difficult mm-hmm. to hear, yep. right? So if you are a spouse who has been impacted by infidelity, this might be difficult for you to heal, but remember, right. um, for you to hear, but remember, you are responsible also for your healing. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and that's important because we often see where the injured spouse uh, relies heavily or completely or solely on the participating spouse um, as the responsible party for their healing, um, not realizing that there is a role that you play in that process. Um, and so how can you cause injury to someone who's cheated on you? Mm-hmm. Here's how. Um, you know, you get to a place where you, um, you take away their freedom Yes. Right. And that's, they, a, that's a big one because mm-hmm. sometimes they feel that's their security. Yep. Mm-hmm. I that's need right. to monitor them. I that's need to right. track them. Yeah. And that can just think about what that may, would make you feel when you hear the, the saying big brother. Right. Big mm-hmm. brother's watching. Yeah. You know, that doesn't give you that sense of autonomy or just that that freedom that we need as human beings yeah. to to be to exist. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be mindful of that. I promise you this, it may feel like it's the right thing to do, um, but it's further debilitating to yourself and it's injur- injurious to the marriage itself. Yeah. And it's actually an abusive behavior to it engage is. in. It is. You know. It is. And again, I know this isn't easy to hear if you're someone who's just um, found out that your spouse has cheated. Um, it, it can feel like throwing salt yeah. on your wound. Um, but it's something to really be mindful of if you want to move forward and heal the right way. That's right. Um, so, yes, taking away their freedom. Um, right. And then constantly keeping them in a state or a place of guilt and condemnation. Mm. Um I understand you may need to ventilate. You may need to talk through how hurtful what they've done is to you. Um, But constantly um, kind of putting their face in it through um, shameful comments, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Accusatory comments. Accusatory, right. Disrespectful even. Oh, you know, making statements like you're just disgusting. You're just, you know, things like that. That's abusive, and that can cause hurt. Mm-hmm. And if those things are happening, they need to stop now. If you intend for your marriage to get better, mm-hmm. those have to stop. Because at the end of that, when you get to a place where you don't feel the pain as um, uh, you know as as severe as you once did before, you will end up with a spouse who is badly injured, and that will make a situation that was bad even worse. That's right, okay. and then you'll have to you'll have to deal with that that's right. trauma, that's right? right? And that's, so that would be called secondary trauma. Yes, right. exactly. And that's trauma experienced as a result of, you know, from the spouse who was injured, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And we've seen it, and mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not a pretty thing to look at, to see, um, uh, but it, it's very important that you know uh, that your hurt uh, can, if not managed well, 
can actually uh, afflict your spouse as Absolutely. well. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll mention some stages that you might go through mm-hmm. if you have experienced infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, first is shock. Yeah. Right. That's the that's the first stage. That's the gut punch. That's mm-hmm. the gut punch. Yeah. That's right. That's the gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have denial. Mm-hmm. Okay. The denial is the. You want to tell us the denial? Yeah. So denial could. Um, it could be a couple of things. Mm-hmm. It could be. Um, you know, did this really happen? Or you can get to a place where you blame the third party mm-hmm. and denying that your spouse is actually responsible for their choice. That's true. And they That's made right. the decision to engage in the way that they, they've engaged. Yeah. Sometimes um, we hear um, they, they, were, um, they were baited into the relationship, right? They got manipulated into the relationship. Yeah, that's right. You know, things like that. That's right. And that's all for the purpose of protecting yourself from this shocking thing that has happened. Mm-hmm. Another form of denial, and it may seem kind of, um, you know, um, contradictory, um, but you make this, um, you're hyper invested in saving the marriage. Okay, let's just move forward. Yes, this has happened. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Let's just go. We're going to, you know, especially if you're you're a believer, sometimes mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. see this in, in, in uh, our Christian brothers and sisters. We're just going to pray together and we're just going to move forward and the couple will move forward as though this thing has not happened. Yes, and the problem with that is mm-hmm. you're not See, the the participating spouse who committed the infidelity, Mm -hmm. they're not addressing the why in them. The dark spaces. That's right. And Mm -hmm. so it's more likely to happen again. Because remember, infidelity is never really an issue of what didn't happen in the marriage. Mm -hmm. That's, again, that's the streetlight fallacy, right? But it has a lot to do with the internal things that are going on. Correct. And so I'll say this also to that. And, and this is something if, if you have committed infidelity, some areas for you to probe in, in yourself, um, in addition to some of the stuff I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you may want to ask yourself the question of, do I have self-control? Mm. Right. Do I have self-soothing abilities? Mm. Self-soothing abilities, meaning if I don't get what I want, what I'm asking for. So if mm. my spouse is asking me um, or if I'm asking my spouse for X, Y, and Z, attention, affection, and I'm not getting it, mm-hmm. am I able to soothe myself, hmm. right? Think of children. If you don't give your child something, are they going to throw a tantrum and roll around on the floor and throw stuff around the room? Or are they going hmm. to be okay with that and be able to engage in something else productive? Right. As an adult, you have to have that same ability. That's right. So those are two things you can ask yourself when we talk about it being an internal problem. Do yeah. you have self-control and do you have the ability to self-soothe? That's right. Mm-hmm. Those are perfect. So I think that we've come to a place where we have to say to be continued. Well, no, not yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. yet. Not okay. Yet. That felt like a um, like when you watch a movie and, it, and you think it's going to end, but it mm-hmm. doesn't end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, just have a couple of things that, that we're going to sort of close up, mention before we actually close. Right. Okay. Finish going through some of these uh, stages that you will actually experience. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the shock after the denial, you go through um, anger and blaming. And I think you mentioned some of that, some anger and blaming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the blaming, we know what anger is, mm-hmm. right? But some of the blaming could be, yeah, it's not, it's not your fault, it's someone else's fault, and that's blaming. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look to blame the behavior on yourself even. You know, it's my fault, I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can reach a stage of bargaining where there's bargaining. Mm-hmm. And when you bargain, 
um, what happens is you start to ask yourself, hmm, similar to blaming, but you start to ask yourself, what could I have done, you know, in order for this not to have happened? Maybe if I gave them more of this, or maybe if I gave them more of that, maybe if we didn't move, maybe if we didn't do this, or maybe if we didn't do that, maybe if I do more of this, or maybe if I do more of that, mm -hmm. and that will get you into a lot of trouble because, again, it's disingenuous the, too. It, it's disingenuous, so mm -hmm. you might commit to something that you don't intend to actually follow through on or mm -hmm. can't intend. You may feel like you want to um, follow through on it, mm -hmm. but it's not an internal decision. It's a, a decision to fix in that moment. Um, and it's impulsive because that's you're right. reacting to what's present in that moment. That's right. Mm -hmm. So that's bargaining. Then you can get to a stage of depression. Okay, mm -hmm. and, and I'll just mention this and here. This sounds very similar to the stages of grief, doesn't it? It's very similar to the stages of grief, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And like the stages of grief, it's not necessarily stage, mm -hmm. right? As in it's linear, like you go from one to the to next. The next nope. But it is cyclical, right? That's so right. it's continuous, meaning mm -hmm. you can go in and out of any of these things. At any point. So you can immediately become depressed, mm -hmm. but then go to shock. Right. Then we have depression, and depression is something a lot of us are very familiar with. We're familiar with it, what it looks like, mm -hmm. um, and just to throw some things out there, it looks like a loss of appetite. Um, it could be either or the inability or the uh, the inability to sleep or excessive sleeping. Um, I will also add that depression can look like excessive eating too. Um, think about depression as any variation away from what a person normally does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Think of it in that way. That's sort of an a, easy way to let you know they might be depressed. Mm -hmm. um, after that stage of depression um, or after being depressed, they mm -hmm. can go in and out of it again because it's cyclical. Mm -hmm. You have acceptance. Mm. Right? So this is one of the things that people sometimes go in and out of, mm -hmm. acceptance. Mm -hmm. They've come to a place where they have realized what has happened and they're willing to move forward. Mm -hmm. They're willing to move into the last stage, which we call the stage of rebuilding. Mm -hmm. And so that's just sort of in um, a general structure of the stages at which in which an individual may go through that infidelity experience. Mm -hmm. um, that's also known as the stages of um, healing uh, from a divorce. Mm -hmm. But the reason why we apply that to infidelity, because a divorce is sort of the severing or breaking of that marriage covenant. Right. And infidelity essentially does the same thing with the exception that you um, are rebuilding Correct. with the person. That's right. With the person. Um, any recommendations that you have with regards to um, how a person could could heal mm. to make sure that they're healing? Mm hmm. Uh, you know, I would say for the um, injured spouse and the uh, participating spouse, it's going to be very important to retether yourself to some of your core values um, because our core values, they really help kind of, they're our, they guide us. They're our guiding, guiding compass in, 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 in life. Um, and so really sit for, for the, the injured spouse um, especially if they're uh, um, uh, a faith-based person, um, a Christian, a believer, yes. um, it, it's it, healing will come a lot more natural and a lot faster um, when you surrender a lot of your pain to the Lord, mm. um, to your Father, uh, and you know sometimes 
it, you may feel that it, it you you want to pull away from those things, but really you need to draw close to those things. I think it's also important to um, uh, to connect with your support system, um, not necessarily broadcast your information to everyone because it's important who you share this kind of information with. Because yes. um, as you know, not every person will be able to move forward as you move forward once you've healed, mm. uh, once you've brought them in uh, and shared that, um, that, that privileged information. Um, so tethering yourself to your core values, mm-hmm. um, you know, tethering yourself to your faith, um, reconnecting with your support system, uh, and then have those hard, honest conversations. Yes, yes. Don't allow, though, your time together to solely consist of you having that conversation. Don't let the conversation about the infidelity um, kind of overshadow um, or be take up the full stage in your marriage. If you're committing to um, working on the marriage, uh, there does there does need to be time mm-hmm. um, for you two to reconnect again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll only add two things there and then we'll call this a, a wrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Timing is important. Don't wait to seek help. Yeah. The longer you wait to seek help, the more likely this is to turn into a traumatic experience. That's right. If you remember from our last podcast, trauma is not necessarily the event that happens, but it's how you respond mm-hmm. to it. And timing is very important in trauma. So if you can speak to someone, if you can confide in someone, if you can start that um, sooner rather than later, you are going to help yourself tremendously with those intrusive thoughts, uh, the avoidance, Mm -hmm. the heightened arousal, um, the um, changes in moods, all of those symptoms of PTSD, which this is, or again, the um, the, the trauma infidelity, which this is all of that. It's, it's, you're just going to, um, lessing that essentially is what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm jumbling over my words. No, you're um, doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. No, that's then, true. Mm-hmm. And then the last recommendation mm-hmm. is, and this is geared more towards the participating spouse. Mm-hmm. Make sure again, you are not defensive you're not holding anything back but you're completely open Mm -hmm. because you need just like you were there for the infidelity you need to be there for the healing that's right you you have to become an open book you have to become a responsive um, partner and if you don't know how to do that then seek help to help you become more emotionally in tune with yourself to make sure you deal with those internal things so that this doesn't perpetuate and Uh, And live life, continue to live life as a husband and wife, like you were saying, like Tanisha was saying, don't allow this to stop you from still loving each other and and connecting and choosing forgiveness. Um, But I hope this was helpful to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope so, too. I really do. We're going to (laughs) continue this conversation because I know that it's a very um, it's a very heavy topic um, for many for many couples. Yes. uh, yes. And uh, and not just because you've experienced it. It it could just be you want to be educated a little bit more. Maybe, you know, someone who has or who's coming through it. Hmm. Um, So tune in again next week and uh, we may continue a little bit. That's right. This, if yeah. you have any questions, reach out to us. Um, mm-hmm. Information's at the end of this or the beginning, depending on what you do. Rewind or fast forward. I don't know. <laughs> um, but remember, <laughs> it will be okay. Yes.
Hello, this is Terrell Pugh, and thank you so much for listening to the Gabby Podcast. How would you like to do what you love, working with couples as a marriage coach or with individuals and families as a Christian counselor? Well, we can help you over at TNTPUGH.com. That's TNTPU.com. Hey, we'd love to help you get started today again working as a marriage coach or a Christian counselor. Head over to TNTPew.com. Thank you.